You're listening to the Video Marketing Podcast, helping you go a little more viral every day. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited for today. Uh, those of you that follow me may know that I've been sort of dabbling in a little bit of like product videography myself as a little hobby. Funny, you're like, Matt, you've been in video for so long and everything. And it's like, yeah, but I wasn't the shooter guy. Like, I just wasn't interested in that. But now I've been. And, and, and if you've gone down the YouTube rabbit hole on how to shoot incredible videos, you'll find that that is a deep, deep rabbit hole and one of the people you might come across is austin paul as i did i went through a rabbit hole discovered austin and uh he's here with us today austin makes some of the most killer product videos i've honestly ever seen um and one of the great things i love about about what you do austin and we'll, we'll sort of get into it is um you know i've seen like you've made product videos that were just so on point that easily they could have been made by the company. It's like, this should be just be bought by the company. And then there's other stuff where it's just very inventive. And then of course, with your behind the scenes stuff, there's a lot of inventive techniques there as well. So I'm really interested to talk to you about this, about how we more can use product videos. I think that there's a limiting belief around them in our industry and, um, some people say uh, they could, they can work for you online. They can't work for you as much online because people don't want high-produced stuff. I think that's garbage. I think that you just got to make it pop. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited, and I'd love to pretty much talk about anything video and how I can help people and grow their product video production. So. Yeah, dude. So, so tell me how you got into this. I mean, did you start in filmmaking? Like how did this all, how did this work? Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a weird story, but I mean, like a lot of people that are in filmmaking, I was, you know, I liked filmmaking when I was younger, I was a little kid and I'd be running around with the camera and I was like, I want to be a director. I want to make films kind of thing. And I, you know, did uh, films here and there, but as I got older, I was told, and at, at the time it was true, but I was told by like guidance counselors and stuff like that, like, don't go into filmmaking. Like there is no career path for you there, which was true. They're like, you have to know somebody and this, and yes, that's true right. and not true. You know, they're like, you could go to film school, but it's super expensive. And so I decided not to really go down that path going into college. Uh, but everything kept always leading me back to film because I really liked doing things with film. So like I took these jobs where I'd work and just like learn from people. Um, and then when I got out of college, I got onto my first feature film. It was a small indie feature film and I was a PA and a production manager and realized that I learned nothing my entire life until I got onto a set because I had no clue what anybody was talking about. It was a whole different world. And I spent a lot of time doing that and realizing that I'm like, this is not what I want to do because I want to be creative. And I, I always had ideas but being a, a production assistant or a production manager, nobody's going to listen to you about your creative ideas. I was like, okay, I need to learn how to film my own stuff. And so with that, I pretty much sold, like I sold, I think my Xbox and a few different things and I bought my first camera. Um, and then right at that time, I don't know if you know who Sam Colder is, but he was really popular. Um, he was just like starting with his whole travel thing and uh, my brother's like you should check this guy out and i was like oh that'd be really cool to make about my hometown and so i just went out and started shooting with my sony 
I didn't even know, I didn't know what aperture ISO or anything like that was. And I just started shooting every single day for like a few months. And I put something together kind of like Sam Calder-esque. Uh, it was a travel-esque video of my hometown, which is a small, small hometown, but people were really prideful about it. And so I kind of banked on that knowing in my head that people would probably reshare because they really love Santa Cruz. And so with that, I posted on Facebook and then like hours later, people were just sharing and sharing and sharing and my YouTube video started blowing up. And I think like in the first week, well, started blowing up for that. Like it was the first like video that I actually put on, you know, and it got like 20,000 in like the first week. And I was so like blown away. I was like, I made it. I got, cause people are asking me, they're like, we'd love to like work with you, blah, blah, blah. And I think it was a year later from that point that I released that video that I actually like made any money in filmmaking. <laughs> so just to give people like a perspective of, you know, even if you do something that, I mean, I wouldn't say viral, right? It's not the sense, but I guess for my small market or audience, it was viral people like that I knew and a lot of people in my hometown knew who I was because of that. Um, but again, even with all that, I didn't make money. I didn't make a dollar in filmmaking until a whole year from that. And so during that whole time, I was just learning. It's like, all right, just keep creating because what else are you going to do? And I didn't really all I would, I would go on YouTube. I learned on YouTube. I do, did all that and pretty much just kind of self-taught myself everything I could um, and just did a lot of experimenting and failing. And then from there, just built up my business by um, showing people that video and be like, hey, I can do work for you for free for like these really cool things like formula race car driving, riding bowls, uh, hot air ballooning. So I traveled quite a bit and worked for all these different companies around the world, not really making any money, but I was building a portfolio. And then when people saw that stuff and they're like, wow, this guy's doing big things. They thought I was getting paid to do these big things. So then people would in turn hire me. And then it became this whole uh, thing of where I was actually doing these big things by getting paid to go around the world. And it was a very cool thing, but all the way up until like a year ago. So that was like three years of doing, uh, or three and a half years of starting from when I didn't know anything to getting to that point. And then for the And these were like commercials, like uh, marketing type content, videos, like marketing, marketing content for companies. So I'd go and film at their yeah. locations, similar to what a product video is obviously, but not focused on a product. You're just highlighting the company itself. Um, and so like yeah. I like travel-esque ones for different companies, uh, for their websites. I did, I directed a TV show at one point in Ireland. Um, so I did like all these different kinds of things. It was pretty much anything and everything. I was doing weddings as well to supplement my income, pretty much anything and everything. Right. And, um, the year, uh, I don't know, what is that? 2019. So 2019 before COVID the whole year, I think I was in a different country or traveling every month. And my, my now fiance who was with me, I was like, I am so exhausted from traveling right now. Cause like lugging, like carrying all that kind of equipment around and stuff like that, dealing with all these things, always being on flights is not as glamorous as it seems. Like we had like six, we had a lot of equipment that we we're moving from place to place. And I was like, I just cannot do like, I can't do like be doing traveling all the time. It just, I love traveling, but I'm getting burnt out. And I'd always see these really like pretty perfume ad, like product videos in these airports. And I was like, 
I want to do something like that. It's so artistic and so cool. And yeah, there's like ones with models, but I was just thinking of like the splash shots and all that beautiful slow motion. And I was like, why can't I do that? And I started looking on, you know, my school, which is YouTube. And I couldn't find anything about product filmmaking and tutorials. I looked, I, and I, so to this point, you said you shot that first video, which was sort of like travel-y sort of like highlighting the town, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then you just sort of taught yourself through the school of YouTube, everything about videography up, like yeah. up through, and then just obviously trial and error. Yep. That's pretty much it. And then I'd always just put stuff out there. People weren't hiring me the way that I got work is I realized and I noticed really fast is like, either I could just sit there and hope that people would hire me for something or what I could do is just create something or like reach out to a company and be like, Hey, I'd love to create you guys a video for free. Cause in turn, like I would really love to race your formula car on at Laguna Seca. And I was like, this is the work that I can do and I'll trade you for that. So not only was I getting to like knock things off my bucket list of really cool experiences, I was building up a portfolio. And even though I wasn't getting paid really, you know, I supplement that with other smaller gigs that weren't as exciting. People were seeing that work and like, damn, this guy's doing like big things with like really cool, cool companies. So like he knows what he's doing. Right. That's what, at least from my outside mm -hmm. perspective, that's what you would think because I was doing these really cool jobs and stuff like that. And so that just, every time I did that and put out new stuff, then I would get new inquiries. And I was like, okay, so this is what I got to do is I got to like entice people and bring people in with these exciting projects that are quote unquote that I'm working for these companies which I am but I wasn't making money you know to get those paying jobs and that's kind of like my was my marketing strategy at the time and I, and I was totally fine with it because I was doing really cool jobs and getting to film really unique things but also getting to experience those like I got to learn how to ride a bowl which was a very interesting experience and um, I got to do rally car racing in Washington I've flown in hot air balloons. I've traveled. I did eagle hunting in Mongolia. Like, so I did a lot of really cool things um, and put myself in very unique cool. scenarios in filmmaking that really like, you know, rounded my skills and sharpened, you know, the, the knife you could say, right. With being in very unique scenarios where like a lot of people were like, okay, so like, how does a camera like handle on a, like a live action fire? And I'm like, okay, well, this is like how it worked because I've been in it before. This is what you have to look out for kind of thing. Or to how does a camera or how's filming in like negative 40 degree weather work? I'm like, okay, well, there's definitely things you have to look out for. Like definitely your battery life, stay out of shadows because your batteries are just gonna like zap like right away. You have to wrap all of your lenses and gear like in warm packs or like use like hand pack heater packs and stuff like that. So just like things that you learn that you wouldn't learn obviously off of YouTube or anything like that. And it was just, a, it was a really cool, unique experience to really grow. And I mean, I didn't, it's more hindsight 2020, as I say, that's was my direction. I kind of was just stabbing around and doing it and it just so happened that that's what I was doing kind of thing. So. So you started getting into these product videos around COVID because you're like, Hey, I can just shoot this stuff at home and it'd be even more creative. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, I mean, if, if anybody wants to see any of these, Austin's channel is huge and uh, he has stuff like this all the time. Um, a lot of them are sort of framed as tutorials, but I'm like, oh man, that looks hard. <laughs> Yeah. But it's still super cool, super cool. Um, so tell me, so, you know, 
you've made all these cool product videos and this is cl clearly like where you're like, this seems to be your niche now, right? Like in these product videos, how do you start coming up with the ideas for this? Because I think that's where a lot of people get stuck at the beginning, even if they do know how to shoot, it's kind of like, okay, like there's tactics, like, I like, oh, like we can have like slow-mo, like turntable shots of the product here, or I can like slide in, pan in, like I could blah, 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 blah. But those are just tactics. How do you start putting together like what the story, like what makes a good product video story? Yeah, well, I mean, there, I mean, that's, so the, I mean, there's like two ways to kind of look at it. Like there's a creative side yeah. and there's a story side where, I'd say like, I mean, they can kind of intertwine a little bit, but for me personally, like the creative side, I kind of leave completely out of the story side. And then like, so I have, usually I'm thinking of creative shots first, and then I know what the general wants are for the client. So then I use those shots and then build it into the story that's going to be happening. So for creativity, I mean, when I first started, it was really just more of, like I would see these big commercials, right? These big product videos or commercials on TV. And obviously there wasn't behind the scenes for them, but I would see like products flying or spinning in the air. And to me, I was like, how can I do that? But not with a robot or CGI, because I don't have either of those or I don't know how to use CGI, right? And so I just started thinking about things. I was like, okay, I would just break it down in my head. And I was like, how would I make a product spin in the air? And I was like, well, I have a drill. And I just watched a tutorial like two weeks before that about how you can remove wires uh, using simple wire removal on After Effects. So I was like, what if I attached a skewer to my drill and then just poked a hole into a drink and then spun it like that and then removed the wire? Would it look like it's floating in the air? I was like, well, you might as well just try it, right? And so that's kind of how a lot of those things come come to life is I just would have the, the things around me. And I was like, okay, how can I make that with what I have? Or like, okay, so something to make it a movement like this, how am I going to get that kind of movement? I'm like, well, if I take it like a piece of wood and a hinge, would that make that kind of movement kind of thing? So it was just always thinking about things in that kind of fashion. It's like, how do I make those movements? So I just break it down in my head and kind of reverse engineer different ideas and then take what I had laying around me and then be like, okay, so how do I do this? And then the other way that I would come up with creative ideas is I'd look at a product and then I'd be like, okay, for example, Pringles. Pringles are really cool, right? And so that's like one of my more popular videos, um, which I was like, I was trying to figure out which product I want to do next. I was like, I've done way too many drinks. I don't want to do something that's more physical, like a, a food. And I was like, okay, so Pringles are interesting. It's a can. What would be cool and different about that? I was like, well, what if I can get all the Pringles to come up out of the can, like pop open? Because, you know, like, I don't know, maybe back in the day, I think they might've had a lid about like pop the top or something. I maybe not, I have no clue, but I think that was somehow in my head. And I was like, okay, so how do I get these to move? And I was like, well, we can try to attach them all to a stick and push them up. And obviously that didn't work a lot of times because you can't just drill into a Pringle. We try to do just a lot of different poke things. a hole into a Pringle, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that doesn't work. And so people um, were looking at like my, what, like in the finished product, people looked at that. They're like, how in the heck did you do that? I mean, there's just a lot of trial and error. I mean, nobody's teaching me these things. I just, I know the, I know like the basics or advanced basics of filmmaking. And now I'm trying to apply different creative ideas. I'm like, how would I get that? 
I have this idea in my head. So how am I going to get that onto the camera kind of thing? Um, so, I mean, like the creative part is a little bit harder. The bringing like the different pieces together is a little bit easier because I just engineered that in my head. Uh, there's a lot of times that it fails, like a lot, a lot of times, but then it's all about just pivoting in the moment. Cause you're like, okay, that didn't work. So what can we do differently? And sometimes, you know, it works and sometimes it doesn't. And then you have to kind of scrap the idea or take a step back. And then my mind is in the back of my head is just thinking and thinking and thinking about it for two weeks. And then finally it will just hit. And I'm like, okay, I got it. So for example, um, I did this one where the, with the 360 rig. So I see a lot of these 360 rigs that are built that are like high end, that high end production companies do. And what it is, is it's a swinging arm where you attach the camera like this and it spins in a circle, right? And then your product is in the center point. And what that does is it gives like a fixed point to the product, but it has a camera rotating around instead of the opposite way of just having the product rotate. It gives this really interesting perspective, but I knew a lot of people don't A, have the skills to build something like that, the engineering skills. So I was like, I know that I can do it with my C-stand because I've already realized that you can move, swing your C-stand like this. You can rotate your C-stand like that. And I was like, so how am I going to get this to work? And I tried and tried and tried and just couldn't get it right. And then eventually two weeks after giving up on the idea, the idea came back to me. I was like, oh, we, all we have to do is drill a hole in the top of the C-stand and put a bolt there. And then we can just stack a plate on top of there. And now you have a fixed point that you can put a product on top of and swing it around kind of thing. So um, it's always, you know, just trial and error and just playing around with things. But yeah, I mean, you think about the, how much do you think about the sort of narrative arc of like what the video is going to be at the end when you're coming up with it? Like, do you come up with an idea that where it's sort of like, Oh, well, the story I want to tell is that this is like, I mean, because even though it's not like a story, it's a story, right? Yeah. I mean, you're sort of taking people through a clear beginning, middle and end of what this, of what this, you know, product video is. How do you sort of like, when does that come? Or do you start with the shots and figure it out in, you know, in Premiere yeah, or wherever you edit? Um, it depends. So like if it's for a client, you know, it's going to be a lot more mapped out. Um, where I'm going to have like the story and I'll be reworking it with them because they have certain things that they want to get across. If it's a video that's just for me, then, you know, like I don't, the only thing that I want to get across is something that's going to be very entertaining. So like the shots will be the focus right. on that more than the story per se, because I'm like, I'm just trying to like achieve something that's different and a unique look and see if I can pull it off. And that's more exciting to me than, you know, building the overall story for the product video itself. And then with clients, they usually have an agenda that they're trying to get across. So like, well, we really need to like focus on this and explain why this works like that. So we want you to do that in an enticing way. So how could you do that? And most clients come to me and they're like, we don't have an idea, but this is the product that we have and we want you to come up with the idea. So you're going to have to fill in the gaps kind of thing. And so that's usually how right. What do you do in that? What do you do in that case? Like how yeah, do you so how mean, do you fill in the gaps? It, it's all research. It's all researching your client. It's asking them the right kind of questions. Uh, it's the the less exciting part about filmmaking, I would say. But um, actually, most parts about filmmaking are probably pretty slow and dull. It's just the end result that seems very exciting. Um, but nevertheless, with that, um, so it's just asking the right kind of questions and then doing your proper research. 
seeing what who their competitors are and how they would create content and then kind of breaking that back down and then being like okay so we need to start with this because every every film every commercial everything has you know a proper structure to it and so like you're really just having that structure and now you're putting their shots for what they're trying to tell into that into those places kind of thing i mean you know like obviously you have your beginning middle and end just to make it really simple but um like either you're gonna have to decide how you're gonna introduce the product and then what's the action with the product if there is any and then what's your conclusion with your product right and um just like any commercial that you'd create and then what they want to fill in in between there kind of thing is you kind of decide that with what their wants are and they're like okay they're like well we really want to show like how this lotion makes people's hands like smooth or like you know that it prevents dry skin so what are you going to do obviously i mean you can have somebody say that or you can visually show it and so what are we going to do we're going to do a shot of like showing this lotion go over and now this skin being super soft and smooth looking and how do I want to show that, right? And how am I going to make that interesting for the viewer so that entices them? And does it fit with their theme? Does it fit with the style? Is it going to actually narrate or is it just going to distract from the video? So it's a lot of things that you just kind of have to play with and work through. And the more videos that you do, the more that you know almost before going into it, what's going to work and not work with clients. So... Well, I think what you sort of touched on, which is interesting to me, is the basic story structure. It sounds like it's in your head, and I want I want to get it out here. What like what what to me, like tell us if you were to break it down and teach it in a very mm -hmm. simple way. What is the basic structure of a product video? For example, you mentioned introducing the product. I don't know if you think about establishing shots of some sort. Um, like how? Like what's the basic sort of chunk, chunk, chunk? There's some sort of box you're working inside of, right? That you're yeah. creative inside yeah. I mean, of. Yeah, like I said, with like anything that you're creating, I mean, there's always you know there is that basic structure, and so it is introducing the product. Whether I mean, there's so many different products, so it, I, it's hard for me to be like super vague. I mean, I can be very vague, or I can be like very mm -hmm. detailed like one product kind of thing sure um but, but there's some there's some sort of reveal right yeah. there's some sort of reveal that you're always very intentional about in the first five to ten seconds right yeah i mean yeah and then there's a lot of different ways that you can do it i mean either you can start with an establishing shot or that you can build the anticipation and and make people guessing in the beginning because i mean there's so many different ways you can go about it but really the first thing is establishing the product so people understand it and sometimes even then we've had it where we we don't introduce the product until the very end of the video you know so that's why i'm saying it's kind of hard <laughs> to uh, sure. to like break down because there's sometimes where where you let the person guess the whole time right and then in the end you're like boom here's the kind of product and so like a lot of commercials also followed that kind of structure as well um you know but yep so i mean really in the end with most of the structures that I, I tried to do is what the client is looking for. Like, what is it feeling, filling the needs of what they're wanting to convey? Cause I'm like, in the end of this video, what I ask my clients, I'm like, in the end of this video, what do you want your consumers to walk away with feeling or thinking? And most of the time it's either we want them to better understand our product, which I'm going to be shooting a completely different way. Or they're like, we don't care what they understand about the product. 
because they already know the product. All we want you to do is make something exciting. Um, so it really depends on where like the Pringles, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that was not a client video, but it's like, everybody knows what Pringles is. Can we yeah, just so make it sexy again? I don't yeah. need to show somebody eating right. Pringles because everybody knows what Pringles are. And right. that's like, so that's what I always tell clients. So for example, I have a client that is energy powder. And the funny thing is, is if I show the video to anybody that is not their clientele, people are like, I don't know what this video is that you're marketing. It's really cool, but I don't know what it is. And I'm like, well, they're only putting it on their social channels. It's not to entice new customers. It's to, to like reveal to their, their uh, existing customers that they have a new product out, right? So I can skip a lot of the steps and be like, oh, this is energy powder. It's going to make you energetic, this kind of thing. They're like, we want it to be very just exciting, unique shots that fit the theme of the label that we have. So it's completely different, you know, what I'm explaining in that video comparatively to example of something they're like now what do you now what kinds of things are on your mind when there is a lot of education because especially i mean a lot of clients that i work with um because i have so many shark tank clients at guide social i mean we have to do so much explaining because a lot of times these are products that are filling like a lot of these products are solving a problem that people don't even know they have because they're inventions So when you have to encounter some sort of educational element, they're like, no, people don't understand like what this is, what this does. How do you approach that? Yeah. I mean, there's, like I said, I mean, there's kind of like two ways to go with that. And one of them is going to be where, I mean, there's more than two, but kind of how I approach it is how much of it do you want to be visual storytelling and how much do you want it to be like audio storytelling? Because if it's something that's super complicated, a voiceover is probably going to lend, lend better to the details, you know, that the minute and the more specific details that you're not going to be able to get in the video in that certain amount of time. Most of the videos mm. that I do for clients though, are around 15 seconds to 30 seconds that are just for like e-commerce ads on Facebook and stuff like that. So a lot of them are not explanational videos as much, but when it does become something, when it does come down to that, then like I always kind of push them more, into okay so we need to not focus as much on having this like poppy kind of fast style video and we're going to slow it down a little bit i think a voiceover is going to lend to it because like one thing that i think kills a lot of videos in my personal opinion is that when it's kind of like doing a powerpoint presentation if you're ever in school where they're like have your bullet points don't put your essay or the paragraph on the powerpoint presentation because then what's the point of the presentation right like that's what you leave the voiceover to do kind of thing. So, yep. um, so that's kind of like the process that I look at with that. I mean, it's hard, like, again, it's, it's hard to be specific, you know, cause like it's so many different types of clients and what they're looking for and stuff like that. But um, pretty much if they need to explain something like that, I look at it I'm like, okay, would this be better represented in audio this part, or would this be better represented visually? And sometimes it's just artistic shots with the audio explaining it, but they don't really. Right. Because there's, there's always the visual element. I mean, it's a video, but then it's, you know, it's just what you're doing with those. Um, So, so do you tend to lean more towards lifestyle type type shots when there's more voiceover? No, I mean, it really just, it really depends on the client, what they're looking for. Uh, Like in the questionnaire that I give them, you know, 
I, I look at the examples of usually what they like and the styles that they like, because I ask them to source out tons of different videos of what they feel like fits them. And sometimes they don't really know themselves what it is that they like about them and what represents their brand. But when they send them to me and like, I can pick apart, I'm like, okay, so I see similarities here and I see some contradictions that don't make any sense of why they like these two, but I'm looking at these similarities and I know that it's coming across in all the videos that they sent me that I'm like, this is what they, they like about that video kind of thing. Because a lot of the times, I mean, if you're not a filmmaker, it's kind of hard, you know, you're like, I like this video. And you're like, why do you like the video? And you're like, well, it's good. Or, you know, and I'm like, okay, so, but I can break that down and I can be like, okay, well, I know why you probably like this video looking at it comparatively to this video. Right. Um, at least in a commercial sense. I mean, viral videos is a completely different thing what people like and dislike so um but yeah, yeah well let's let's get into that a little bit you say that a lot of the stuff that you do is for facebook and instagram advertising mm-hmm. what what do you think i mean because that, i mean that's i mean we talk about that on this show all the time but a lot of the times we're not talking about super high production value stuff so this is interesting to me um what do you think about structurally there because one of the things i talk about a lot obviously is that the way that people experience an ad on Instagram and Facebook is going to be very different than you would on TV or even YouTube, honestly, but, but a little bit, um, because you have to, you know, you have to knock their socks off right away. You have to hook them in right off of the beginning. So do you think about those a little bit differently? Yeah. I mean, I mean, your formats are going to be different, completely different anyways. Most of the time, anyways, your aspect ratio is going to be different for the ads that you're doing. Um, usually, you know, so usually we're doing a square or vertical kind of video yep. with aspect ratio for Instagram or Facebook. And then obviously YouTube or when it's for TV, then you're going 16 by nine, which is pretty much the regular that everybody sees things at. But so that's one of the things. And that's also another thing that I ask clients in that questionnaire that I was telling you about is where do you guys see your place in this video? Is it just for your social channel? Because like all those things do matter because even if they are placing on Instagram and they're not doing Instagram ads and they're just doing it for their social channel, then who's going to be seeing it is their original audience, right? So like all those aspects in the story that I'm telling now completely changes comparatively to something that they're like, this is going out to a whole new audience. They've never seen our product before, but we're going to be putting this on Instagram. And then those things, when it's usually on Instagram or Facebook only, then I'm more focused like in the first three seconds of what we're going to do to grab the person with no audio, because most of the time people are not listening to ads. Even when I'm looking at when people send me their ads, like most of the time I don't listen to music the first time through, I'm just looking at the visuals and that's what I break down first because I mean, that's how people view most things on the phone nowadays. It's not until you click that audio on. Right. And a lot of the times, what are you going to do? that's going to make the person want to rewatch that and click on that audio and listen through now. So, um, yeah. So, so, like so tell me, give me some examples that of, of, of how you've dealt with that problem. I think that's super interesting. Like yeah. how have you, um, I mean, because I've even heard some other folks that make product videos say that one of their ways that they come up with ideas is they start with the music, for example. I mean, that that's, it's almost negligible on a, on a platform where, where 80% of people don't use, sound and you have to grab people otherwise. So how are some examples, what are some examples of how you've hooked people in, in those first three seconds with no sound? Yeah. I mean, again, anybody can make product videos nowadays. 
And a lot of people cannot really even tell the difference. You know, the funny thing is, is I tell people this all the time. They're like, I'll stack up a shot with a cell phone and it's like a shot with a red camera, which is, you know, top of the line cinema camera. And in the end of the day, people cannot really tell the the average person doesn't really know the difference between the two. They're like, they both look good enough, right? They don't care. Only us filmmakers really care. And the funny thing is, is like, I'm like, okay, so if that's the case, then what sets you apart from everybody else? What's going to make your ad different? And you better put that in the first three seconds because anybody Mm. can make a product video now. There's so many tutorials on YouTube. Trust me, I know is that there's so many tutorials on YouTube. Are you going to do just the basic spinning shot of the product like everybody's done now? Or are you going to do something different? Always, that's why I'm always looking to try to do something different. Yes, there's a lending, there is... It's helpful to have those spinning shots at certain points if you need to show the product or what you're showcasing right and you want to make it interesting and dynamic, but don't just lean on that. Don't do what everybody else is doing. And I know it's very hard because there's new content coming out all the time and that's easier said than done, but that's part of the challenge of being a creative is trying to do something different, trying to push the boundaries. And if you put that in your first three seconds, wherever that is, and it's good, it's going to entice people. And that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, creating things. I'm always trying to do something that's not what I've done before or what somebody else has done as well. So usually you're really thinking around a unique shot that you can have in those first three seconds, then something specific, like what can I do that will basically counter people's expectations? Yeah. Something that's going to pull people in right away. And even though that a lot of these don't have music in it, I mean, or even though a lot of people don't listen to music, music to me, actually, I know this is going to sound really contradicting, is super important because when choosing music for me, that's going to set the tone and pace of it. And even if somebody isn't listening with the music, the way that you edit, edit that is so, should be so affected by it. If I chose two songs mm. and use the same shots in order, the video should look completely different in my mind and it really should flow with the song and if it's a good song that you've chosen then that will lend into the video and you're going to have these ebbs and flows just like a song does like the structure of a song and if you can follow that structure and it's a good song then it's going to it's just going to have that much more punch because i i see videos all the time so i have my own product video course where i teach people how to do product filmmaking right and a lot of people a lot of my students or people that are not in my course that are learning and they'll send me their videos. A lot of the time I'm like, man, your shots are like beautiful, but it's not only that your music doesn't match the style because sometimes it could be the right style music. I'm like, but your edit isn't, it's not part of that song. Like you're not make your shots aren't moving with the music. Like you want it to almost flow. I know this <laughs> flow like a river kind of, you know, like if the river turns, your shot should turn with it, right? And then if it turns back, it should go back that kind of way. And so I really try to listen to my music. I'm very particular on the music that I choose that it breaks down and follows that. Not just it cuts on the beat because, but the whatever the energy that that song is driving, that shot should be driving that same amount of energy back. Otherwise, like you're going to have these beautiful shots and the music is driving really hard. And then all of a sudden, these shots are beautiful, but the shots are not driving. They're not pushing and they're not pushing with that song. And it just looks like a pretty, mm. it just doesn't work. And there's something, I don't know how to explain it, but it's something that you'll, you'll see in videos. And like, that's something that I said that people can't really explain. They're like, I don't know. I don't like that as much. 
but they're like they don't feel it you know it doesn't it doesn't flow properly kind of thing so yeah that's really interesting this is actually a really good way to get into uh a like just like let's break it down like what are like the biggest like the three or four biggest mistakes that you see people make uh when you see whether it's ads on your own Instagram or, or whatever it may be, or just simply that beginning, uh, beginning filmmakers will make, or, or honestly, just like marketers. Like a lot of people are just out there just trying to make videos with their phones and you know, the phone, you know, that can work. So, you know, I mean, but so much of it is in the X factor stuff, not the gear. Right. Yeah, so 100%. what mean... are the biggest mistakes you see? I mean, there, I mean, there's a lot of different, like, what frustrates you, Austin? What keeps you up at night thinking I, about this? Show? Oh gosh. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> see. No, nobody's work frustrates me. Uh, so of course, of course. Um, but, um, I mean, things that I see that like stand out to me right away, but this would be not from a marketing standpoint as a filmmaker itself. Like I can point out right away, like somebody can have a pretty shot, but still have pretty atrocious lighting. And I can, you can see that right away on their highlight. Mm. And if they're not properly lighting their scene, I mean, there's no proper way, but you can tell that their knowledge of lighting is, is, is off and that they focus more on right. VFX. You know, they're trying to, they're trying to entice people with VFX instead of actually like learning a lot of the, of the important basics. Right. Which is fine. I mean, everybody goes their different route. But I mean, that's something that I can see that like stands out. It doesn't bother me in any kind of way. Uh, just something that I can notice like um, is people's lighting. Like you can pull that, you can pull that off pretty fast, especially when you've done so many product videos, you can be like, okay, so this is what this person's doing and they didn't diffuse it properly because now they're having this really weird highlight. And I mean, it's probably only something that I, like not I, but filmmakers notice, right? Comparatively to just the average viewer um but yeah i would say but it could have i mean so much of this stuff in filmmaking like for example um like the rule of thirds like people don't think about the rule of thirds yeah. but if 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 it's shot breaking the rules of the rules of thirds people subconsciously know right and that's yeah, kind of the same yeah. thing yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah um that is that is very true and then i mean the thing that i would say that like i noticed the, the most is that people don't like I was just going off on a tangent about is the whole music thing is people don't they don't work with their music they just find a cool song and they're like this sounds cool like oh I'm doing a whiskey commercial and you know it needs to be like that like edgy kind of rock because that's what whiskey commercials are and so they use it and it's a great song but their video doesn't it like their shots and the way that they've edited their video and the way that they shot their video doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't work with the song it just they're two different they're just two different energies you know and um and it doesn't matter if you cut it to the beat or anything like that it just it's very obvious to me and like it just gives you like this wrong feeling when looking at the video you know um and so that's probably like the biggest thing that i would say is like people really need to take time and understand and then feel it it has to be like i don't i don't know how to explain it but when i choose a song it's a gut feeling kind of thing and if the song doesn't work, then, and I'm editing, and sometimes I'll be editing and go all the way through the whole edit. I'm like, this is not working. I scrap it and start over. And I mean, just taking time is probably like one of the biggest things. If you like notice a mistake and you do have the time to do it, especially when you're not working for anybody and just for fun, 
like take the time to fix that, learn how to fix it kind of thing. Um, Cause I think a lot of people want instant satisfaction or, you know, they want to have, at least in the world that I'm in, like I see a lot of people doing tutorials now and stuff like that. And they want to have that following. So everybody's doing some kind of learning based thing. Right. And um, like, they want that instant satisfaction. They're like, Oh, I don't know why my following, like I'm not getting a following or anything like that. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you're just going to copy other people and you're not going to bring something new, there's so many different content creators out there, like be new, like be innovative, figure out the basics and then take that, take the styles that you like and then start making your own kind of style and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's like my biggest advice for people is just to be unique. Like, look, if you like what I do, you know, look at what I do and then make it better, like do better than what I'm doing. Cause like, that's all I want for people is I want the bar of filmmaking to be raised because like a year, year and a half ago, people weren't really doing like these like high end production videos in their, in their like, like small spaces. You got to be a big production company to make these really cool videos. And now, like, I think with people like Daniel and people like me, and there's a few other people like my friend, Joey, um, people like that have like opened up that possibility for other people to realize like, Oh, we can do this too. And we can make things that are pretty much almost like 90% like, as good of quality as these huge productions that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to create right but in your home by yourself and i just want to keep i want to see that to keep growing because i just i always think that like as filmmakers i don't think people should be limited anymore like or have any more excuses like i want to see amazing things created by smaller production companies you know like i want there to be the possibility that there wasn't for me right out of high school that like there is an opportunity for you to do whatever you want in filmmaking and not be like, Oh, well, I don't know anybody in the industry and stuff like that. You know, and I see that change. So I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. That was a big ramble going off there and probably didn't answer your question, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. So I, I think finishing it off a lot of, a lot of folks here are trying to find more ways to sort of gorilla out some of these some of these types of videos um, and 100%. I mean, lighting is just one of these things that are just like, you know, I mean, because people think it's about the camera or whatever. Right. Um, but it's yeah. not, I mean, especially if you have an iPhone. So um, give us little, like tactical basics. I want to light this little product video at a table. You know, I've got like, let's just say I've got a pretty basic, like we're not talking about the mise-en-scene here. Like, it's pretty basic background. Like, what am I like looking for lighting wise to make sure that um, people that the people are seeing what they're expecting to see and it doesn't look a little off or yeah. budget or. Yeah. I mean, so again, I, I try not to tell people that gear doesn't matter because anybody that's always saying gear doesn't matter always has a bunch of gear. <laughs> so obviously it does, but you have to know how to use it. And you also need to have the demand. I say, I always tell people upgrade your gear with the demand that you have. Don't go out and buy a red and expect that you're going to be doing big commercials all of a sudden, if you were never doing them before, you know, but if you're getting more and more demand for doing these bigger commercials, but they're like, Hey, we need you to rent this camera and you just find it more profitable to own the camera. Then that's when you want to invest in something like that. And going back to what you're saying, it doesn't, it doesn't matter with the cameras which is true because in the end what's going to make that quote-unquote cinematic look of your film or your commercial or anything is not the camera i tell people this all the time if you want your film to look good the three things that i always look at is you're going to want to 
focus on your lighting. If your lighting's really good, your shot quality is going to look amazing no matter what you shot it on. Then two, set design. If you have really good set design and that it matches with mm. like this theme and aesthetic, what what whatever that may be, because like, I mean, there's you can go into so many layers of set design for product videos, whether it's just going to be a clean backdrop or it's going to be colored backdrop, or it's going to be like a, you know, more of a, like a lifestyle set design. There's so many different ways that you can go into that. Right. Um, and then the last thing I would say is creativity. Like you don't need a bunch of stuff to pull that off. And for example, I shot like recently to kind of prove that aspect to people is like, I shot a whole like product video commercial about pancakes using no lights in my kitchen. I mean, I purposely chose a product, which was Kodiak cakes because I knew it aesthetically fit with the style of the product itself, or I mean, aesthetically fit with my kitchen. So working with my kitchen in the set that I had first, I worked backwards and chose the product second. And then from there, you know, I worked with the right time of day. I move, you move your product very close to a window, put some diffusion, whether that be a sheer curtain or anything like that, that you have. And then you can get some beam board, which is $5 at Home Depot, bounce the light back. And you pretty much have a beautiful lighting right there. I mean, a window, a big window is going to give you beautiful lighting if you're in the right time of day and either you have like a, like a soft cloth of diffusion, whether that be, like I said, a curtain or anything like that. And like, I mean, you're going to get amazing quality right there. I mean, I shot weddings for three years and did so many of them and pretty much the key to any time when you're shooting inside is you just shut off all the lights and you get the person as close as you can to the window, you know, to get that beautiful like side lighting on them and then look amazing all the time and look super cinematic. I mean, to a point and you're not using anything besides the camera and the natural light that you have. Right. And so just kind of understanding the basics of lighting, but then, like I said, the next thing is set design. So if you aesthetically know where to place things and you have like the right objects in there, or you're drawing your, you know, like how to work with colors and color science and know that you have certain colors in the background. And then this is going to be drawing your attention to the product and what color that is like understanding those things. is going to make your video a lot better or look like that commercial quality that you're going for. And then lastly, being creative, like I said, is not just doing those rotational shots or, I mean, that's fine to do, but what's different about your video than everybody else's? Why am I going to watch your video and waste my 15 seconds when there's millions of videos every single day, always out there? Like what, what's going to stand out about your video comparatively to everybody else that's doing the same thing? So. And then of course, what the business goal of it is, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if this is if this is going to be, you know, something that's going to be just on a website, on an about us page, or yeah. if this is going to be an explainer video, or is this going to be an ad, you're going to have to change the 100%. approach based on that. And and then there's and then you can be so much more creative in different ways too when it is going in different spots. So like if it was a complete, if you're doing just a. a instead of 16 by nine, you're doing a nine by 16 aspect ratio. That's completely vertical, right? Like you can do it for like, uh, you can angle your shots and you can figure shots in composition completely different. You could have things coming into the screen completely different, right? Which I'd probably have things coming top down instead of from the side, if you want to have any action in there kind of thing. And just things like that. Like, I mean, you could shoot things completely different. So it's just something you have to think about and depending on whether you have a client but I mean, yeah, as more as more saying for fun, because you're asking me for a beginner. <laughs> so, you know, that is kind of my like whole thing is don't worry about the camera. The best camera that you 
the best camera that you have is the one that you know how to use and own. Then the next thing is, is just lighting, set design, creativity. Right. Yeah. Great stuff. And, and, where, where can we find you? Yeah. What's your, what's your YouTube channel? It's uh, Austin Paul and that's with an E. So it's A-U-S-T-E-N. My parents wanted to make me unique. So they spelled it with an E and then uh, Paul obviously <laughs> spelled how it is. And uh, same thing with Instagram. It's just Austin underscore Paul. And then I also have my, like I said, my product video course, which is just productvideocourse.com. And I pretty much take everybody. I mean, YouTube is a great place, but you know, YouTube is more of a marketing place for myself. So everything has to be kind of short and sweet. And with my course, because people have to ask me to do one, it really just dives more deeper into all that stuff and things that I don't have time to teach on YouTube because you know, then you'd be, your audience gets really small because you're trying to be more generalized when you're teaching on YouTube comparatively to people that are really wanting to learn product filmmaking, you know, so. Right, right, right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, go, go follow him. Go, go binge watch Austin's videos as I did. Um, it'll blow you away that stuff. Um, uh, but uh, certainly I think that there's a lot of basic concepts here. Um, and I hope a lot of you got value here because a lot of people listening, of course, like they're not necessarily beginners looking to get amazing at this. I think a lot of people have their own e-commerce brands or yeah. their marketers for e-commerce brands. And they're just like, how could I pull this off and make it like achieve the goals in a way that's like simple, you know? And I think that this, uh, I think that this helped people out a lot. Thank you so much, Austin. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And I mean, yeah, my only advice for people that haven't done it before, you know, is be patient because it will definitely surprise you how long a 15 second product video takes to shoot your, especially your first time. So expect like three days and then to... edit. Yep. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. Y'all, if you want to find out more about my coaching, I never talk about this, but I should talk about it more. MattJohnstonOnline.com. You can get more information. Um, and if you wanted to book a call with the team to talk about it, I mean, I have super affordable, super powerful coaching options for folks who, especially are in competitive markets and having a hard time standing out, um, and need to sort of burst through. Um, I help those folks a lot out there. Um, so I hope you're well and uh, have an amazing, amazing weekend, rest of your week, whenever you're listening to this, um, and stay safe out there. Okay. Take care.